7 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jim and Kate today from the Bozart Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. Most trusted name in automobiles. Buffs need offensive line help. And they got it. And they got it yesterday with the top prep tackle and whether it's you know, whatever ranking system you want to go by. Jordan Seaton, the number one ranked offensive tackle in the country from IMG Academy in Florida. Went on Undisputed yesterday. We'll bring some of that to you coming up in a little bit where uh, he made his announcement, pulled the hat out of the bag, and the hat was out of the University of Colorado Buffaloes. He even got the, the Coach Prime blenders on, too, the sunglasses. Yes, he did. He quickly popped those on. Dion was on the phone with, while texting with Michael Irvin. So apparently, Coach Prime was finding out at that same moment <laughs> that Jordan Seaton was going to go to Colorado. I love it. And, and for the buffs with the many coaching departures, they've needed some good news. Now, the, the transfer portal stuff, we talked about this with Mark Johnson yesterday. It's really kind of been overblown when you it's look at totally just, overblown when you look at the how it looks in terms of the rest of the Big 12, the, the new conference that Colorado was going to be in. Right. I think as of yesterday, the Buffs had six guys were in the portal. Michael Harrison among them, who was the outstanding tight end this year for the Buffaloes. But Cincinnati has like 20 guys going and Ohio State. It's like a turnstile. I mean, it's they're, they're, they've got a bunch of guys in the transfer portal. You just can't overreact to this stuff. No. You know, where, where I looked at, where my concern has been more with this early signing period, which has now become kind of the signing period mm-hmm. of, of Colorado's lack of numbers there, of, of commits. And that, that's a concern. That, to me, is a far more of a concern than portal stuff. And but when you get the number one ranked offensive tackle in the country in Jordan Seaton, you're doing something right. That means you're doing something right. And you're addressing a need where Shadur Sanders, the most sacked quarterback in the power five ranks last season or this current season yet to be completed. Right. And so that addresses a need and the and the portal's not going to solve all your problems. It's just not. But also, I mean, at that in that particular area, it's it's tough to bring an offensive lineman through the portal. But but also too, the portal just opened, and we know this from last year. Coach Prime excels in going into the portal and pulling guys out and and bringing them to Boulder. Tougher to bring guys to the portal though, offensive linemen. In, in terms sure. of the, the, that particular position, takes more time to develop. Guys like that, guys are less likely to hit the portal than skilled player players sure. typically do, or defensive players. So it is a it is a bigger challenge for him to find those players to the portal. Doesn't mean it's impossible to get a guy or two that's going to help you. Not, not trying to poo poo it totally, but it it's certainly. It's a tougher way to go, but you get a guy like Seton, who you'd like to think is a freshman, a lot, a lot expect of a freshman to come in right away 
and start, but that is going to be the expectation of Jordan Seaton in, in year one in Colorado is that he will he will be a starter on that offensive line. And I can't remember his name at the moment, and I'm I apologize, but the guy that they brought in to fill in the void left behind as the new offensive line coach who actually played offensive line. Phil Lodehold. Thank you. You know, played in the NFL. Minnesota Viking. As an offensive lineman. You know, that's that's crucial for a guy, for a young and up and coming star for his development like that. Having someone with that kind of experience is vital. And as we've discovered with Deion Sanders, he leans heavily. He he values guys that have played in the league and or coached in the NFL. The yeah. Mike Simmers, Pat Shermers, <laughs> those guys. And and he values those th- that experience. And now Phil Lodho, former NFL lineman, started for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, has been an Oklahoma offensive line analyst the last season or two. Comes in and gets a chance to be an offensive line coach with Bill O'Boyle going with the with the Sean Lewis out to San Diego State. So I, I just I just think it's interesting that, that Sean Lewis loses his job, gets demoted, gets a San Diego State job. Where the problem was, and he gets demoted because Shadur gets sacked a crap ton and they lose to UCLA. And so that's why they that's why Prime makes the move to to Pat Shermer to be the play caller. But the problem was the line, and that was Bill O'Boyle's job. Right. <laughs> and Bill O'Boyle is going with Sean Lewis out to San Diego State. So Yeah, it's it's yeah. fascinating. But you know, that's that's sometimes how the coaching carousel spins. That is true. That is true. So good news for Colorado. We'll we'll play some of the audio from from Undisputed on FS one yesterday when uh, Jordan Seaton made his announcement. Avs fall last night to the Jets. Yikes. Another really good game by, of course, the one and only Nathan McKinnon. But other guys are going to start stepping up here. This is this is a team that that needs other players to step up. Kale McCarr was was of course back on the ice, and that helps. But uh, we'll we'll dive into that here in just a moment. Some comments from Jared Bednar, but also today, um, saw this come across the the crawl yesterday or last night, I should say. Okay, about Sean McDermott. Oh God! Wow, and. Keep in mind, this happened four years ago. This this is not something that happened this season, last season. Happened back in 2019 during training camp where um, there's a journalist uh, it's, uh, from a long-form article on the Bills from journalist Tyler Dunn who runs the paid website uh, Go Long. And, and Dunn had conversations with 25 unnamed sources within the franchise. And so apparently Sean McDermott made some some rather insensitive comments oh, that, about, about, that begins about, to describe about the... 9-11. And from Dunn's article, this is what you know, Sean McDermott has issued an apology and everything. So we need to we need to bring that to the forefront that he has issued an apology on this and take that for what it's worth. Right. So the article, here's a comment from it. What tactics do you think they used to come together? This is about the terrorists that committed the, the heinous acts on this country on 9-11. A young player tried to methodically answer, what do you think their biggest obstacle was? 
a veteran answered TSA, which lightened the mood. So that was what, that was a veteran who said, "I really don't want to have this conversation right now, so I'm going to try to divert it." And so and it didn't work. And so this was at St. John Fisher's College in Pittsford, New York, where they were going through training camp back in 2019. And that McDermott was trying to talk about the importance of sticking together, about teamwork. He said, then, but according to the article, then sources on hand say he used a strange model, the terrorists on September 11, 2001. He said to the hijackers as a group of people who were all able to get on the same page to orchestrate attacks to perfection. One by one, McDermott started asking specific players in the room questions like the one I just referenced. I, I, My question is, is he trolling? Like, is he trying to, like, get a rise or something? Why? Why would... McDermott said one player at the 2019 meeting had said his point had not been made clearly enough, which prompted him to speak to the team again an hour later. I brought everybody together and said, this was the goal. This was the intent. And I apologize if anyone whatsoever felt a certain type of way coming out of that meeting. If anyone misinterpreted or didn't understand my message, I apologize. I didn't do a good enough job of communicating clearly the intent of my message. It's about uh, the importance of communication that everyone needs to be on the same page. Ironically enough, so that was important to me, and that still is now. There could have been so many more examples. Uh, appropriate examples of teamwork and sticking together. You know, and, if you want to, if you want to inv invoke, you know, war efforts or whatever, you know, you could have said like, you know, Dunkirk the, or the, the attack on D Day. D Day. You know, pl plenty of other reasonable. Positive, you don't even uh, positive ways of of illustrating teamwork and coming together. You don't even need to invoke violence. You could say no. something like, you know, the Mighty Ducks or the nineteen eighty <laughs> sure. the, the nineteen eighty U.S. Olympic hockey there team. There you go, Miracle on Ice. Exactly, Miracle on Ice. You know, you could but, you could do. There's so many things, and this was something. And you and I were having this conversation before we got on air this morning, and I'll say it here for the pile. It's one thing to say it. And it's one thing to say it, period, no matter what, no matter who you are, especially in the United States, to say it in the state of New York. And yes, Yikes. it's, you know, yes, Yikes. it's, <laughs> yes, it's. <laughs> no, no kidding. It's like a, of the worst possible place you could do it would be the state of New York. Only if he was like the Jets or the Giants coach, would it even be worse than? It'd be like if Sean Payton got up in front of a team meeting and said, you know, we, we talk about teamwork. You know, Eric Harris and Dylan Claybold, the Columbine shooters, were, you know, two, two at, guys who worked together. Look at the way what? they look at the way they worked in concert. Look at the way they orchestrated <laughs> their plan and executed it. Oh, uh, bad choice of words. I, that, I, it'd be like that. It'd I, be it's just why. I don't do I think Sean McDermott should be fired for something he said four years ago and for no. an hour he apologized and but no. it's so no. stupid. But it's like, man, what are you doing? Now, this is where I... And he's not denying it. He, he said, yeah, I said it, and I apologize, and I'll, I'll, I'll give him credit. He's not at least not trying to pull the, I never said that. He, he did, obviously, and it's four years later, which 
Okay, okay. if he would have said this more recently, then I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Even even four years ago, it's terrible. It's awful. It's a horrible thing to say. But once again, let's, number one, shouldn't be fired. Can we agree on that? Don't like what he said. Stupid thing that he said. Shouldn't be terrible. Shouldn't be fired for what he said. Might get fired because of how the Bills are playing this year. How they're playing. On-field performance. Okay, I get that, and that's one thing. I don't like what he said. You know what? It's, it's insulting. He was try, he was thought somehow he thought he was being clever here. You know what? And, and and no, you're not being clever. You're just using a horrible, terrible moment, one of the worst moments in this country's history, to try to illustrate a point about teamwork. Now, if you I, like the teamwork of the firefighters, there you go. Ground zero. Yeah. You want to you want to do that? New York's the, finest. The, the way first responders came together, put their lives in the line for a common goal, saving people. Perfectly fine. That's that would have been a great example. It would have been perfect. Now I will say this, and I, I just sort of now connected the dots because when we were talking about this, I'm like, why is why is this coming up now? Four years later, why is this of all things coming up now? Because they're sucking right now. <laughs> And so that, my they're friend, not, they're not playing great. Not to get all tinfoil hat here, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. Let me get my little tinfoil hat, put it on here. Somehow or rather, the uh, because of the way the Bills are playing right now, which is not good, especially in comparison to where they have been and how they've, you know, looked previously and how Josh Allen's looked and all that. They've already fired their offensive coordinator. And they've already kind of done some things where you go, the writing is on the wall, the things are not great in Buffalo. But they're also still technically in the hunt they're, for a playoff they're, spot. They're in the playoffs, yeah, in, in the playoff chase, yes. So I wonder, I have to wonder if somebody from on high in the Bills organization looked around and said, can we find something or, or maybe they knew about this and just treated it as an isolated incident because Sean McDermott apologized an hour later. You know, they just said, okay, we'll treat this as sort of an isolated incident. Nothing really happened. Nothing really came of it. No one spoke of it, you know, and it was handled internally. Somebody who wants Sean McDermott fired probably leaked this in the hopes that it would start the breadcrumb trail of, Hey, look at how bad the Bills are performing. And oh, by the way, this is what Sean McDermott had to say about 9-11 in New York. <laughs> but this guy and, also... And, who can't, did, and you can't justify right. keeping him around. And then that could be the case, and I wouldn't say that that's inaccurate, but he also did talk to 25 different people to get, to get this story verified. And you could have had people go, you know, that I'm not going to really dive into that that happened four years ago and, and he said he was sorry and it was you know it was a stupid thing to say right i, I don't know maybe they, there maybe there is somebody there with an axe to grind and they want him gone and the, the timing is curious very curious for something he said four years ago and i, I just number one let us let's get to the first part it was irresponsible it was horrible it was a terrible thing mm-hmm to portray that group of awful scumbag creeps as, hey, the way you work together and make <laughs> and come together for a common goal. Or you could have talked about firefighters on that day, first responders trying to save lives, giving up their lives to, to try to, to save people from what those scumbag creeps did. 
I just, I don't get what, I just, that still, I can't wrap my mind around why Sean McDermott thought that that would be the best example. Best example when there's so many other examples of things that have gone on, even, you know, militarily or whatever, that reflect positively on, on teamwork. But also, let's, let's, let's not, let's not take him out and, you know, have him get a call for him to be fired because though though there are those that are out there already. I, I I get that. I understand why you're you're angry at him. But he also apologized. It was four years ago, and at some point you have to have some grace with people when they do something extremely stupid or say something extremely stupid. Right. Which is what happened here. Man, I just, I, I still, I still, when I saw that yesterday, he's like, I cannot wrap my mind around why he thought that'd be okay to use that as a, as some kind of analogy, some kind of example of, of guys coming together. Still blows my mind, to be quite honest. All right. So you got uh, things to talk about today that you can comment on. Buffs getting the, the top ranked prep offensive tackle in the country and Jordan Seaton. I, does this, is this, I, how much does this help them in their goal to be in a, a college football playoff team? Because that's what Coach Prime keeps talking about. Keeps talking about this is going to be a playoff team. It's going to be expanded to 12. A lot of pressure on a, a freshman offensive tackle to protect the bacon of Shadur Sanders. But that's the thing. It's a step in the right direction. <clears throat> that's the I thing. grant you that. Jordan Seaton, to me strikes me as someone who kind of wants that pressure. You know what I mean? Like you don't get to be the number one ranked offensive line recruit going to one of the most famous football high schools. I mean, you talk about like famous football prep schools. IMG Academy is become that it's, you know, it's the the school that the school that played Bishop Sycamore. And BSI totally, and yeah. absolutely destroyed them. Yeah, when yeah. when when that school, you know, got on the rock of the plate at Glenwood. Yeah, we eventually got a cup of coffee with the Buffs. He was an IMG Academy guy. Yeah, you know, you don't get to be that way if you don't have some sort of expectations on you and you embrace it. And he knows Coach Prime, and he knows how he operates and what he says to the media and then and all that. I think a guy like Jordan Seaton, not only the physical skill set helps, but it also helps that he understands what the expectation is, understands what the, oh, sure. the the pressure is. Oh yeah, and wants to go to a place where that pressure is on. He could go to whatever other major, you know, your Ohio State of the world, and there's some pressure. But you got there, but, You got Alabama, Ohio State, Texas, and there's definitely Tennessee. there's definitely pressure there, but that's mostly just because of the, you know the continued success or the 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 historic success that those programs have had he goes to those schools he's probably going to sit on the bench for a year or two before he gets you know fully immersed he goes to CU he's contributing he's probably the expectation right out of the to be gate. playing next season true freshman playing tackle Protecting Shadur Sanders. All that, right. So if you got some yeah. thoughts on, on that today. Also, one other thing. Uh, Attorney General here in the state, Phil Weiser, 
of six other states filing a lawsuit in West Virginia about the NCAA's transfer rule. Good. We'll tell you more about that coming up in just a moment in uh, what's happening. But text or call us today, Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, 970-242-1340. Time for... What's happening? And it's brought to you by ComWest. They're your technology service partner. They help business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. One call, one team, one goal, helping your business grow. With uh, improved surveillance, a new business phone system, cybersecurity, network support, and backup and disaster recovery, they're your technology service partner. Call ComWest today, 970-242-8142, or go to ComWestCorp.com. All right, lead things off uh, with the Avalanche, who unfortunately uh, couldn't take advantage of four power play opportunities and losing to Winnipeg 4-2 at Ball Arena Thursday night. Cotterbro's Nathan McKinnon had another strong game with a goal and an assist with Joel Kevaranta adding the other Avs goal. The loss puts Colorado just a point ahead of Dallas for first place and two ahead of Winnipeg in the Central Division standings. It was Thursday night football last night. I know Dylan had a text from yesterday about uh, predicting the final score of Steelers-Patriots. It wasn't that bad last night. He also hates anything uh, that has mint in it, and I'm with him on that. We were talking about our holiday cookie contest, which Buckeye and Boy and I were rambling on about cookies yesterday. <laughs> Forgetting that that's a holiday cookie contest, and so our, a lot of our favorite kinds of cookies probably would not be featured in that. Probably not. But anyway, last night you had Thursday night football. Not exactly, uh, many people's opinion, a, a barn burner going into it, but 21-18, uh, to 18, the Patriots up in the Steelers. Steelers dropped to 7-6. to six. Pats are now 3-10. and 10. Bailey Zappi for New England, 240 yards and three touchdowns last night. Can he pick it out with the ankle surgery? Mitch Trubisky was uh, the starting quarterback, 190 yards, touchdown and a pick last night. Steelers fall, like I mentioned, to 7-6, and six, which is beneficial to the Broncos, by the way. 3-10 and 10 for the Pats after the win in Thursday night football. Cutter Shadur Sanders was the most sacked quarterback in Power 5 football this season, but help is on the way. The Buffaloes and Coach Deion Sanders landed the nation's top-ranked prep offensive tackle in IMG Academy, Florida's Jordan Seaton. The 6'5", 287-pound Seton announced his decision on FS1's undisputed show. Seton chose Colorado over Ohio State, Alabama, Texas, Tennessee, and Florida. The Buffs are also expected to announce the hiring of former Oklahoma and Minnesota Vikings tackle Phil Lodeholt as their new offensive line coach. Lodeholt played high school football at Fountain Fork Carson near Colorado Springs and was an Oklahoma offensive line analyst. He replaces former Shadron State head coach and CMU assistant Bill O'Boyle. O'Boyle's now at San Diego State. Colorado Attorney General Phil Weiser and six other states have filed a lawsuit at the NCAA's transfer rule violates antitrust law. According to the Denver Post, the lawsuit has been filed in West Virginia's Northern District and challenges the NCAA's ability to impose a one-year delay in transferring between schools. The NCAA currently looks at transfers on a case-by-case basis. The lawsuit indicates that student-athletes should be able to transfer without penalty if they're in good academic standing. It also goes on to state that some student-athletes are losing out on name, image, and likeness money due to the NCAA transfer rule process. Fruit of Monument Girls basketball team opened up their own Family Health West Wildcat Classic with a win on Thursday. Fruit of defeated Eagle Crest 51-36 to to move to 4-0 to start the season. Grand Junction started to play at the Wildcat Thursday with a 66-28 to loss to Ponderosa. The Tigers' Norea Sills scored 11 points as Grand Junction slips to 2-2. Two two. Palisade girls basketball team is 3-1 after defeating Moffat County 44-36 to at the Glenwood Springs Tournament. Montrose is also at the Glenwood Tournament and beat Coleridge 63-32 to behind 20 points from Tegan Rocco. The Redhawks 
are three and one. Grand Junction boys basketball team is three and one after picking up a 44 to 43 win over Far Northeast at the Ponderosa tournament. The Tigers' Will Applegate scored 10 points to lead Grand Junction. Central slipped to two and two after dropping a 57 39 game to Cutbert Academy. The Palisade boys basketball team handled Sirocco 89 to 25 at the Meeker shootout. The Bulldogs' Carter Hayward scored 19 points and hit three threes as Palisade improved to two and two. Montrose is four and zero. After a 65-48 win over Moffat County, the Red Hawks' Caleb Ferguson scored 22 points in the victory. The first season for the Caprock Academy hockey team gets underway tonight at River City Sportplex. The Eagles will be competing as a Chass, a recognized team for the very first time with hockey players from across D1 schools and Caprock. Coach Lyle Wilkins previewed what he sees from the team ahead of their first game this evening. We have 22 guys rostered on the team, and every single one of them can skate and play, and so we're really excited to incorporate all of them. Lots of growth. Um, we're building a culture and um, it's a slow process, but we're, we're really excited to, to kind of grow that and establish a team that's going to stay. Eagles will face Fort Collins at River City Sportplex at 7.30 tonight. The bonfire event that they had planned has been canceled because of the weather, but uh, still a lot of festivities going on tonight for that. Once again, you can go to Caprock Academy's website to get information. But uh, 7.30 tonight, Caprock Academy plays their first game ever as a Chassa-sanctioned hockey team against the Lampkins of Fort Collins High School. The D-51 Phoenix girls wrestling team brought home some hardware from Utah this past week. Molly Darren, Shiley Chazan won championships at the 145 and 155-pound weight classes at the Skyhawk Showdown in Utah. Phoenix head coach Chad Dare was happy with how they competed against the 33-team field. I think it was a really good first tournament. There's some top teams from Utah that are there that we wanted to test ourselves. Everybody just kind of stepped up. It's fun to watch Molly and, and Shiley take that leadership role. You know, Shiley beat a returning state champ, and Molly beat a couple of top-ranked kids there in Utah. Phoenix are scheduled to go to Mesa Ridge for a tournament this weekend. Weather permitting and that's a look at what's happening and also a cover to mesa basketball tonight and tomorrow night mavericks get uccs tonight tomorrow night it's regis coverage for the women both nights 5 15 uh i'll have it tonight you'll have it tomorrow night yes uh, tyler and uh, men tip it off at 7 30 joe v hill back here in the studios brought to you by ken richards state farm we'll take a little preview uh have a little preview coming up at uh, later on this morning nine o'clock hour of uh, the mavericks uh, weekend uh, for both uh, the men and the women over at Brownson Arena. All right, 726, Jim along with uh, Cake today. Your chance to play Where in the World is Tyler Franzen coming up next hour uh, to win a case of Fat Tire from New Belgium Beer and High Country Beverage. So if you got some reaction to the Bronco or to the uh, Buffs, I should say, landing the top offensive tackle prospect uh, in the in the country in Jordan Seaton. Also, the, the Sean McDermott comments, which were four years ago. And also extremely regrettable, terrible, and horrible in, in what he said back four years ago at training camp. Got some uh, reaction to that today. Text or call us, Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team, phone line 970-242-1340. Craptastic. Not just crap. The team presents The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, The Team. Welcome back, 7.30. Jim along with Cake today. Got some reaction to the Sean McDermott comments that have come bubbling up from four years ago about uh, 9-11. Also, uh, Jordan Seaton, who the uh, Buffs uh, will uh, will bring in the the number one 
ranked offensive tackle in the country from uh, IMG Academy in Florida. And uh, he was on yesterday to make his announcement live on FS1, Undisputed Skip Bayless and Keyshawn and Michael Irvin was getting zoomed in or whatever, whatever they brought him in. And uh, Michael Irvin was uh, texting back and forth Deion Sanders. So Jordan Seaton, who uh, mentioned that uh, was at IMG Academy, had, may have been offered from, you know, ready from Ohio State to Alabama to Texas, uh, made offers to him. And he chose Colorado yesterday. So here's uh, from FS1 Undisputed. Here's uh, Jordan Seaton making his big announcement. You know, it's been a long one. Not an easy one, but those who've been with me and stuck with me, seeing how we persevere when times get hardest. But for the next three to four years. Uh-oh. What's in the bag seat? What's in the bag seat? I'll be Wait going a minute. To Wait a minute. The University ah! of Colorado. Ah! He's a buffalo. Mm. Coach oh. 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 oh, Somewhere oh. Shadur is oh. doing a handstands. Oh. Hey. Oh, my God. This Listen, is a Colorado. text me. Oh. Coach oh. Prime did hey. it again. Did, hey, Jordan. Did, did, did you alert Prime to this prior or he just now? Oh, I think he's just now, right now. Really? Hey, Prime, how you doing? <laughs> Wow. Give us a call. Uh, listen, listen. Let me answer that question. Uh, let, me, let, let me answer that question how he's doing. Time just texts me. He te- Dion just texts me. He texts me right before he announced it. That's why I started jumping around. And and <laughs> I like and, it. And you watch it. He said, watch like how this plays out. So, hey. Oh, my God. I'm so, I'm so excited. So, <laughs> hey, Dion texts me. He's so excited about it, man. man. Congratulations, big fella. Yes, sir. Man, man, yeah, man, yeah, man, man. Congratulations. Congratulations. And man. by the way, Coach Prime said two days wow. ago, we will make the playoffs next year. Now it's expanded to 12 wow. teams. Big 12 where you'll yes. be playing. Wow. But your choice right now makes me wow. believe you are going to be a playoff team next year. Yeah, you got to believe in Coach Prime. Wow. You know, have an opportunity to play with somebody who done it at the highest level, gold nice. jacket level. Um, many, very few can say they did that. You know, I got two Heisman candidates, you know, Shadir Sanders, Travis Hunter. You do. They're amazing. You know how they go. Um, yeah, man, and if you ain't rocking with us and you say you're a dog and you, you claim you're a dog, why are you not coming to Colorado? All right, some things about Jordan Seaton. As a re-reference, he picked uh, Colorado over Ohio State. He just was at Columbus last weekend, by the way, on a visit. Sorry about that, boy. Alabama, Tennessee, Maryland, Oregon, and Florida. Um, had an official visit to Colorado last month, but uh, did not list the Buffaloes in his list of his six final teams. So that's why this is a bit, bit of, of a, a shock. Bit of a surprise that, that he picked Colorado. Ranked 15th overall, number one offensive tackle in the class of 2024 in the uh, 24-7 sports composite. Played at St. John's College High School in Washington, D.C. before he transferred to IMG for his senior season. And he's the 10th commit and first top 100 prospect for the Buffs 2024 class. And this is, again, where a lot of conversation about, 
you know, can Coach Prime succeed? And all oh, the Buffs were four and eight, this you know, under Coach Prime, blah, blah, blah. This Carl Durrell or Mel Tucker or who, this does not happen under any other previous Buffs head coach, except for maybe Bill McCartney. And even then, <laughs> because it is almost only because it's Coach Prime that you land the number one recruit. If if it's still, you know, if it's Carl Durrell or if it's, you know, Joe Schmo originally from, you know, Yakima Community College, you know, coaching the buffs, they don't get the number one offensive line recruit in the nation. That kid goes to Bama. That kid goes to Ohio State in a heartbeat. But for Deion Sanders, he needed this. He absolutely In the worst did. possible way because of losing the two quarterbacks, Danny O'Neill, Antoine Hill, and he lost G. Maurice Wilder. All these guys have decommitted from Colorado, and they're going elsewhere. I, he needed a home run here. He needed, he needed to have, have a successful signee, and he's going to get that guy now with Jordan Seaton. I just think for, for Colorado, for, for Deion Sanders, as, as successful as he was with the transfer portal, th there's still concerns about his, even as charismatic as he is, of his ability to bring in high school players. That that's still, Dermonte McLean, or Kermani McLean, of course, top defensive back, who's kind of his doghouse for a while this year and then finally got to, to see the field about midway part of the season. Number one, DB, came to Colorado, uh, for a while, things were pretty rocky there. Looks like that relationship has improved because Dion was laying out some tough love. It's like, look, if you're not playing well enough, if you're not practicing and doing the things you need to do, you're not going to play. Simple as that. And that's the way it should be. Well, and how about... The, and, and so that that is the way it has to be. And and so, but but typically, but looking at this class, though, he, Hill is a, a big-time prospect. I mean, talk about a guy that, uh, you know, was... You know, what, three, four or five star prospect? Uh, O'Neill's a three star prospect. Those are tough guys to lose. And they but, are. But, but Jordan Seaton, number one, addresses a need for them at offensive tackle. And and for Ohio State, they've, they've missed now on the top two offensive linemen in this year's high school class. They also missed out on the number two prospect as well. So big coup for Colorado. Big get for, for Deion Sanders because right now Colorado's class is ranked 65, 60, 65th. Numbers are hard for me. Was that a problem yesterday? 65th nationally, three spots ahead of Colorado State. So they now have 10 commits. And I mean, you, you look at some of the guys they have, they're, they're somewhat lower ranked commits. And that's the concern is that, that he's, he's it, as exciting as it's been. And the, look, there's no doubt the Buffalo's football program is dramatically better than where it was this time a year ago. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it in terms of booster support, in terms of ticket sales, national interest. You can go down the line wins, which number one, it should be the thing that's the most important if you're a college football coach is winning football games and hopefully having a really positive influence on, on young people. Right. But from a high school recruiting standpoint, it's not where it needs to be right now for Colorado. Can I counter that argument, though? 
Do we remember when a certain young two-way player from uh, Florida was going to go to Florida State and then said he was going to go to Jackson State? Well, yeah, Travis exclusively Hunter. Exclusively to go to Coach yeah. Prime? Yeah, that's great. And that's and that's great for Travis Hunter, Carmani McLean. That, that's great. Obviously, Shadur and Shiloh live, you know, they, they know Coach Prime better than anybody. That's great. You know, the Dylan Edwards situation, relationship with the family. That's great, but that's not, and he's got those guys. And those are, McLean and Edwards are, are top recruits. Hunter, no doubt about that. But as far as what he's doing right now at Colorado, I can't, you can't, you, you cannot base some of this on Shadur and Shiloh and Travis Hunter, because that's stuff he did at Jackson State. It's also family, too. That, and they want to play. They want to play for their dad, and I get that, and I and I understand that. And they just, just so happen to be all-star, superior, possible Heisman candidate worthy athletes. But you also have to have a roster capable of competing. It can't be just four or five five-star guys that are really, really good, and then everybody else you got linemen. They're you know JUCO guys that. Or, but, I mean, if, as we saw this year, true. We saw this year. It's, it is true, but here's the thing. You have to have offensive line talent. This is a good step. This is a big step in the right direction for, for Deion Sanders. The other thing is, too, and and we've talked about you know, the, the upcoming lawsuit against the NCAA for its transfer rule. One of the biggest names that that stupid transfer rule affected this year for the Buffs was Tyler Brown, arguably one of their strongest linemen, and he was on the bench. You know, in the words of John Mulaney, I was over on the bench. Yeah. And so you know you're going to get him next year. You're going to get him back, Tyler Brown. You're going to have Jordan Seaton, Which is good. And again, the portal just opened. But and you can't rely on the portal cake to fix all your problems. You you can't. Particularly offensive line. Where, once again, I'm applauding what, do you, what happened yesterday because that's a big get for this, this high school class. That's a big get for their needs. That's huge. But it still doesn't, the, the coach prime effect, while it's been great for the transfer portal, from a high school recruit standpoint, there have been some big, big gets, as you referenced. Hunter, McLean, that's great. That's sensational. I can't count Shadur and Shiloh because... They were going to go probably... I mean, Shadur, was, Shadur got offered by Alabama stuff. He wanted to play for his dad. So you, you can't really count that when it's your dad, when it's family. But that, that is an area that is, look, it's, it's an area of weakness right now for, for Deion Sanders, which got helped a whole lot yesterday by Jordan Seaton. We'll put it that way. Let's uh, go to the phone line right now. Who do we have? Sam and Fruita checking in. Good morning, Sam. How are you? Oh, good morning, Jim Davis. I'm doing okay. Uh, a frustrating Avs game last night. Um. I just I'm <laughs> I'm beginning to wonder. They seem like they're getting like the Buffalo Bills. You don't know what team's going to show up. Well, let's be careful when you talk about the Buffalo Bills today, right? <laughs> well, I, I have other Jared, comments. I don't about think that. Jared Bednar <laughs> probably used that as an example of hey, here's what we need to do, guys, to to pull yeah. together. <laughs> Remember what the Nazis did back in the day? You know, no, I don't think he would probably do something like that. No, I, I don't think so. But yeah. Um, yeah, it was a frustrating game, and I, I, you know, they had most everybody back healthy. Uh, I, I don't know, but uh, uh, speaking of the Bills, uh, 
I wonder, you know, yesterday was December 7th, yep. and I wonder if uh, Sean had a pep talk with the team about how much planning and good execution went in to the bombing of Pearl Harbor. I would uh, like to think that he probably did not, not did not uh, did not go there. But also, but I would like to I would like to think Sean McDermott learned his lesson about trying to use these off the wall examples to uh, to talk about teamwork. I'd, I'd like to think that he 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 learned a lot from what happened four years ago. That he was lucky that back then it didn't go public until yesterday. Yeah, there's still going to be a lot of. Uh, uh, backlash on that, I'm sure. I just, I mean, but here's here's my take. Number one, it was, a, it was a horrible, horrible decision to use that particular situation as an example of sticking together and teamwork. About a rep, bunch of reprehensible scumbags that committed one of the, the worst acts in this country in, in the in the history of the United States. But then again, also that was four years ago, and so we're we're going to fire Sean McDermott for something he said four years ago where he did an hour later, though it had to be brought to his attention, which was not good, that it was a bad way to go, bad example, and he made a public apology yesterday. At some point, you, 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 can't, you can't take something that somebody said from four years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and, hey, let's fire them for that today. If, the, if he gets fired, it should be because Bills aren't a very good football team right now, and they're not living up to the expectations of that organization. If he gets fired for that reason, I'm fine. For this, as much as I, I, I thoroughly dislike what he said, hate what he said, I don't think he should get fired for it, for something that, that the organization knew about four years ago. They didn't fire it for him then. It's not like, it's not like 9-11's more, more in our conscious now, four years later, than it was four years ago. I, don't. I, I just don't. I think at some point you, you, you can't fire everybody for things they said or did 20, 30 years ago, four years ago, five years ago. No, I, I agree with you there, but you just have to wonder what, what was he thinking or was he really I thinking? I don't think uh, he was thinking at all, and that's, it, that's unfortunate. Yeah, you know, and, and well, I think he's got his, uh, his current problems to deal with. Didn't uh, need this. But, uh, that's for sure. <laughs> Did, didn't need <laughs> this. Him, have a good weekend. Hey, Try Sam, to stay warm. I will I will do that. You do the same, Sam. Appreciate it. Take care. All right, all right, thank you. All right, Sam from Fruita today. All right, speaking of the Avalanche, uh, lost last night to uh, Winnipeg by the score of 4-2. to two. And um, with Nathan McKinnon, another really strong game. Uh, goal and assist last night. But uh, for Colorado, they uh, their lead becomes a little less uh, uh, healthy in the, uh, the Central Division. Now just a point ahead of Dallas, two ahead of Winnipeg. In the Central Division standings uh, after the game last night, Jared Bednar talking about the loss. We have the power play, then did the five on three, and then the power play, and it didn't feel like we See generated what we should generate. You know, at that point, in the game when you're down one, you it's know, the, so the mic into the we'll stall. Look at it, but it, 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 I would say that this, this was at fair, the you know, press conference. Like, like, we have to be better there. The execution room. part of it, the decision making, like we, I see. That's kind of the way the game went for us tonight. It's, I don't know if it's tired, lack of focus, a little bit of both, but I mean, there's plays to be made in, in certain instances in the game, and we, we didn't make them. It isn't helping to go 0 for 4 on the power play last night. Ouch. Avs uh, fall to the Jets last night by the score 
of 4 to 2. All right, 747. Jim along with Cake today. Text your calls. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, 970-242-1340. It's time for sound check. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. NBA in-season tournament semifinals this week in Las Vegas. Yeah, slow clap. That's pretty appropriate. Uh, TNT inside the NBA crew on TikTok doing a little Q&A about the Vegas experience. Which one of those teammates of yours would you want to sit next to on a flight? I have to. Either Charles or Kenny. I don't want to sit next to Shaq because when he sleeps, it feels like we're having mechanical issues. Ernie on the plane. Because Ernie's quiet. Shaq is going to have be DJing or have music blasting in his headphones. Chuck is going to talk the whole time. He never shuts up. Ernie? Because Ernie never talks. Probably Chuck. What is your dream artist that would do a residency in Vegas that you could go to a show for? My dream would be Michael Jackson, but somebody today would probably be... Uh, I'm a big fan of Dan and Shay right now. I'd like to see Paul McCartney at Vegas. Mm-hmm. First concert I ever went to as a kid, the Beatles. You know what would be great to see now? Stevie Wonder in Vegas. His music is so timeless and it still resonates. I had a picture with Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder. A photographer took it. I don't know where you are. If you find that picture, I need it. If an NBA team were to move to Vegas, what do you think their name would be? The Oddsmakers. The Vegas Lights. The Las Vegas Gamblers sound like a good name to me. How much would you pay for a ticket to go see DJ Diesel in Vegas? Whatever it costs. I would pay anything. I know. I'm going to be on stage. He's the most fun I have when I see him before. I wouldn't pay. If I don't go free, I'm not going. Who would you want to bring to one of the buffets in Vegas? Charles. Okay. Watch his fat teeth. There you go. By the way, DJ <laughs> Diesel is... Shack, right. In case, in case people didn't know. All right, seven forty nine. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more on the Jim Davis Show. It's the Western Slopes home of Colorado sports. This is the Jim Davis Show. Welcome back, Jim, along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. So yesterday was, of course, Pearl Harbor Day. The uh, terrible attack on Pearl Harbor that. Uh, Started the U.S.'s involvement in World War II. So we move from that to today was the day that uh, John Lennon was shot. Oh, yeah. In front of uh, the Dakota's apartment building in New York City. And it was announced on Monday Night Football. And uh, when Howard Cosell had found out about it, he was very reluctant to, to announce it on TV. And he talked with Frank Gifford off the air and Frank Gifford said, you got to do it. You, you know, you know, you have to do it. And so here's what happened that day back in 1980. Howard Cosell announcing the death of John Lennon. What we know in the booth. Yes, we have to say it. Remember, this is just a football game. No matter who wins or loses. An unspeakable tragedy confirmed to us by ABC News in New York City. John Lennon, outside of his apartment building on the west side of New York City, the most famous, perhaps, of all of the Beatles, shot twice in the back, rushed to Roosevelt Hospital, dead on arrival. Hard to go back to the game after that news flash, which in duty found we had to take. Frank. Indeed, it is. I, yeah, I just, that would be so difficult to just go go back to the game. Credit where it's due. The, the professionalism of that Monday night crew 
who had the difficult task of not only reporting serious, you know, real world news, but to also have the the <laughs> the ability to go back to and now back to football. Now, you know? now we're now we're back to football, and uh, that game, Miami uh, winning it in overtime over New England, sixteen to thirteen. But John Lennon also had an earlier connection with Monday Night Football, going back to, to 1974 when he appeared on Monday Night Football with Howard Cosell. Mr. John Lennon. Hello, John, nice to see you, John. Nice Want to move that up just a little yeah. closer? How are you? What's been your view of this American professional football scene? It's an amazing event and sight. It makes rock concerts look like tea parties. But I must say, the first thing I heard when I got in was I'm playing a Beatles tune yesterday, which cheered me up no end. <laughs> I've been trying to follow the game, but I've... I couldn't understand why half the team was off and half the team was on. Well, we can't explain that to you now, but what's your general impression of the game as compared with A, rugby, and B, soccer, football? It's nothing like soccer, but I can see a very close relationship to rugby football, which has the same shape ball, and they move 15 yards down the line at a time. But I can see the game here has changed completely from that. But it's very similar in its aspects. The goals are the same. They have points the same. They have to get a touchdown the same. But they don't have the scrum here where both teams really punch each other you know well, we have so uh, there you have the audio from uh, when john lennon was on monday night football in 1974 which i had no idea to be honest i, I you know because we all we know the connection to monday night football and john lennon with that previous clip with his with his assassination i didn't know he was on yeah. I, I didn't know he was in the booth yeah was on monday night football uh, back in 1974 and um you think about uh, you know the that you know particular moment, uh, the announcement, of course, of uh, of um, you know John Lennon, iconic figure, member of the Beatles, and um, just I, I remember just how uh, how shocking it was when that came out because we I think we had KJCT had just uh, come on the air air a year or two before that because we didn't have mm-hmm. a, an ABC affiliate here in town and and how shocking that was uh, when that news came out. All right, um, coming up next hour, we'll go around the NFL. Uh, also, uh, Believe Alive River City Sportplex, uh, Jackson Wilson in, talk about uh, the Avs loss last night, but also about Caprock Academy playing their first ever high school hockey game tonight against Fort Collins. We'll have that coming up next hour. Plus, where in the world is Tyler Franson right here on the Jim Davis Show on the team.